The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. In a world that can be challenging and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up. That by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James, and we are taking the spark and we are igniting it. For those of you who have been following us for the last five years, you know that we used to be the spark and now we're really taking people's essence, what really lights them up, and we are igniting that spark inside. So thanks for being here with us. I'm really excited today. My guest is David Hall, and he's the creator of quietstrong.com. He's an author, blogger, podcaster, and speaker on a mission to help introverts discover their strengths and honor their needs. We're going to hear more about his history. So before I go on with some of his bio, I want to tell you he's got a book called Minding Your Time, Time Management, Productivity, and Success, Especially for Introverts. And I love this. It helps readers understand themselves and their introversion to be more successful in managing their time and productivity. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks, Stephanie. It's great to be here. I love the concept behind your show, Igniting the Spark. So um, hopefully we can do that around uh, introversion. Absolutely. I I think that we will. You know, when I found you on LinkedIn, you know, this is one of the first times I've ever looked for people that I thought, oh, these people will really be a fit for the show. Usually I'm getting people's different, whether it's their agent or their publicist contacting me and saying, hey, will you have this person on? But when I saw your profile and saw this wonderful thing that you're doing in the world, really addressing introversion and really helping people gain skills, I'm like, oh, I got to I got to meet this guy. I got to have him on the show. So I'm, I'm really happy that you're here. And first of all, for people that don't understand, because I think people really have specific ideas about what introversion means. What what is the definition of that? Yeah, and that's that's where a lot of problems come from because there's a lot of definitions, there's a lot of misperceptions. But 
what what we'll get into today is there's so many strengths and you know it's our personalities are made up then more than just introversion extroversion you know they're multifaceted we have some things in common with others but you know nobody is the same but there's some specific things about introversion if you don't understand it can cause you problems if you do understand many great strengths and gifts come from it and if you understand yourself you know, and that applies to everybody. Understanding your personality really can help you excel and really be, you could be who you were meant to be. So um, my definition of introversion is that really you're turning inward more than not. You're really, you're drawn into your inner world of ideas, you know, and everybody thinks, everybody pays attention to what's going on around them. But for the introvert, they're spending more time. It's a kind of more automatic that they're thinking. And great gifts come from that, being a deep thinker. Or uh, often people are also deep feelers as well. And, and it's more internal. And understanding that can make a lot of difference. Um, also, with that, I, I sometimes hear people say, oh, it's just about where you get your energy, you know, and that people drain you. And I want to take that further. It's, it's more than that. Yes, we are drained. But I don't want to say that people drain me, you know, <laughs> certain situations and people could drain me. But some people, I'll, I'll just mention my wife, she's a fellow introvert, never mm -hmm. draining. I love spending time with her. She's, so it's not, it's not really accurate to say all people drain me. I, I, I don't like that definition. You do need to manage, you know, your energy and your thoughts. But we also need some time alone as introverts for far more than recharging. And so I think when I hear the recharging definition, it's not big enough. It's not, it's not sufficient. I need some time alone to think, to plan, to focus, you know, more than maybe my extroverted colleague would. Uh, absolutely love people. I may need different doses. I may need different things. But that's definitely a big myth is that introverts don't like people. I mean, ever since you invited me on the show, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not drained by it. I'm probably going to be very energized by it. So, you know, we turn inward. A lot of gifts come from that. We do have a lot of needs. You know, we do like to think um, a, a really big difference is that introverts think before they speak and extroverts often speak in order to think. And, and if you don't understand that, you can have a lot of problems with communication. Um, so that's a key and, and we'll definitely get more into that. This is so helpful. I, I would have to say, David, for me as well, I'll think about it in terms of the energy a lot and how people get energized. So thank you so much for, it's like this, you're fleshing out what the true definition of this is. And Part of what I'm hearing from you is there's no just defining line in the sand here, like you're introverted or you're extroverted, and it means black or it means white. You know, it's there, there's so much nuance and so much in between those. And, and I think when you and I first visited, I'd said to you, this is before our interview today, you know, that I'm I'm a pretty far on the scale extrovert. And so I was also really excited to look forward to this conversation. But in what you're saying right now, I, I'm laughing to myself because it's true, because I'm one of those people too. I'm an out loud processor. When I process, I, I'm the person that I say it, and then I can rearrange the words out here. And that makes so much sense to me that an, an introvert, I mean, into, right? So it's an inner sense. So you go in, you think about something before you speak. And so it doesn't mean that you're on one side of the scale or the other, that 
we could be, and, and I do think, you know, I also do enjoy my alone time a lot. Of course. Love it. Yeah. But, you know, if you don't understand that, you know, I'm thinking and I'm going to put all of my thoughts together and say what's most important. And you're going to kind of process out loud again, most of the time, probably. If you don't understand that, it could definitely, you know, why is he being so quiet when I'm just really thinking through things and I'm going to say what what's important. Also, another misconception is that introversion equals shyness. Introverts or extroverts can be shy. It's a matter of confidence. But the beautiful thing is, if you are shy as an introvert or extrovert, you can overcome that. You can gain confidence. And I will say that for me and many others, it can just be a lack of understanding of your introversion. Um, it could be maybe you're um, thinking out loud and, and I'm thinking, you know, and waiting to speak and you're telling me, why are you so quiet? If I'm hearing that over and over again, that could cause me to be shy, you know? But if I realize, hey, I'm going to think first, it's a great strength of mine that can give me confidence and just, and, you know, articulate that to people like, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking and just know that it's a difference, but it's, it has its good difference. And I'll say that too, what we're talking about introversion, extroversion, there's no good or bad. It's just, we just need to understand each other. And the other thing on that with the shyness and the confidence, um, sometimes people don't understand introversion because there are some very confident introverts out there that are very outspoken, but yet they're deep thinkers. They need to spend some time thinking. They need they need that time alone, that kind of thing. Uh, some of them have always been confident their entire lives. Some have learned to be confident. And then there's there's those that, you know, maybe lack confidence, but again, they can gain it by um, understanding. And, you know, you know, there's a lot more reasons for shyness, but understanding introversion could be a help to overcome shyness. I appreciate that so much. It was almost like you were psychic right then, David, like that was going to be <laughs> my next question for you was yeah. really, you know, this thing around being shy. And part of what I really heard you saying is the thing of the feedback that we're getting from others as we're growing up, those beliefs, those thoughts can really land within us and like, oh, what is wrong with me? Why am I being quiet? Why am I taking this time instead of saying, oh, this is just a style of who I am in the world. And I do need to go inside and I do need to think things, you know, think things through and to be able to say to others, I'm just thinking things through. And then, as you said, it makes sense to me as you gain confidence that there are people that are introverts. They think, of, <clears throat> excuse me, they think about their speech ahead of time. Yeah. And it's all <laughs> planned out. So then when they execute it, they can execute it with confidence. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, yeah. So. With public speaking, I did a series of presentations with um, an extroverted friend on introversion or on strengths. And our preparation was so different, you know? And for me, you know, it's, I'm not, it's not scripted, but I do need to think about the concepts that I'm going to talk about. You know, even, even before we started talking, I just got it in my head, like, you know, what are some things I want to talk about? It's not scripted, but I have to really think three things through. You know, my friend's going to do some preparation, but she also has a gift of winging it that I don't have. So I have a gift of preparation. I have a gift of deep thought, but she has this gift where she can be more on the spot 
and people love it. It's a great speech. And I can give a great speech too. It's just going to be a little more prepared and, and thought through ahead of time. And there's advantages to both of those styles. I absolutely see, as you said, there's not one that's good or bad. Right. Both of them can just be highly effective when we understand them ourselves and maybe also learn how to communicate it to others. Absolutely. That's an important piece. Well, let's talk a little bit about your own journey (laughs) with with introversion and, and just kind of your life experience and how you got to where you're at right now. You know, I love your, your podcast is quiet. Is it quiet, but strong or quiet Quiet and strong and strong. Love it. Yeah. Quiet and strong. I'll tell you a little story behind that too. But uh, like many people, again, not every, but not all introverts have felt like something was wrong. So I want to be really clear on that. Half the population are introverts, but not all of them have thought something was wrong. But for Mm -hmm. some, they have. And definitely like when we were kids, there was no talk of introversion, extroversion, you know, and there's a lot of great work being done. I've had uh, classroom teachers on, you know, there's a lot of great work being done, but it wasn't, it wasn't the case when I was growing up. And so I thought something was wrong. Why can't I be more, you know, gregarious? That's a great word. Why can't I be more like that naturally, you know? And so I definitely was on a quest to figure that out. Like, okay, how can I change? I got a degree in psychology and, uh, you know, the journey is starting, but it's far from over understanding myself. Right. I got a master's in counseling and, uh, Still, I, you know, I'm figuring things out. I'm, I'm learning about introversion and personal, different personalities, but I still don't quite have that handle that I have now. I work in higher education and I got some great professional development there. I was trained on the Myers-Briggs, you know, uh, became a facilitator for that. And I also became a facilitator. It was called Quest at the time. It's called Clifton Strengths now with the Gallup organization. And that one's not about introversion or extroversion, but the key between those two, it was about strengths and how they come very natural. And it really just started, I, I realized, hey, I'm an introvert and it's a natural thing. I'm not going to change it, but I sure can embrace it. And then from there, um, things have really gotten, I've really been able to understand my introversion and you know, hopefully helping other people to do the same. What, what a pivotal moment to get that clarity of like, I can look at this as a gift. The more that I understand this style of being in the world and my own unique personal style. And again, this is whether you're introverted or extroverted or wherever you are on that continuum. Yeah. And we have lots of gifts. And again, I, you know, our personalities are multifaceted. It's not just introversion, extroversion. I just really see a difference here that we still don't understand as a society, you know, but the other parts of our personalities, we need to look at them as gifts. And that's definitely what the Clifton strengths did. It's like, you've got 34 themes of talent and you look at your top five, you know, like, for example, I'm very analytical. I'm also just see how everything's connected. You know, there's some gifts that I have and other people may not have those gifts, but they sure have some that I don't, you know, (laughs) And isn't that great though? That's the way that we all complement one another and we can learn from one another. And I think the the work you're doing, David, is so important because I do think for so long, I remember the more introverted kids through all of my schooling, you know, through elementary, junior high, high school. And because there wasn't a lot of information 
during those days, I think those kids also didn't understand themselves, might've felt more shut down. And so by bringing this knowledge, you're helping to let go of some of the stigma, I think that people have placed on themselves and the negative connotations they put on that word and it, it that it can actually be an asset. And like you were saying, yeah. I'm becoming a facilitator for this, you know, Clifton Strengths instrument. And I actually ended up giving it to about 500 people in my organization. I'm in a kind of an advanced workshop, you know, it's one of those three-day workshops where there's a lot of presentation and small group discussion and individual reflection, which I think is all very, very, very helpful. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm talking lots, I'm participating a lot, you know, just probably because it's relative to, you know, in the past, I've definitely been participating more than ever than I was in the past. And at the end of this three days, the facilitator kind of pulled me aside and she was giving me a compliment. And she said, you are quiet and strong. And when you talk, people listen. And it helped me to realize maybe I'm not talking as much as my extroverted friend here, but I am thinking and I'm putting together what I think is most valuable. And it is valuable, you know, by, by taking the time to process what I say, you know, people want to hear and that, and then that's uh, the website and the, the podcast is called that. <laughs> I love it. It came from that encounter, yes. that experience. Yeah, absolutely. So awesome. And so talk a little bit about, as you learned about your own personal style, like I'm, I'm hearing this, you know, through your studies and through those moments, how then did you start working with yourself or knowing yourself more deeply to, to really recognize the assets within it for you and then to help others as well? Yeah. And so um, learning more about my introversion, I have a full-time job that actually sometimes more than full-time. I love it, but it, it definitely is keeping me busy. I run a business with my wife and we have three kids. And so while I'm figuring out introversion, I'm also studying time management. And as I'm studying time management, I'm realizing there's some things here that aren't called out as for introverts. Some of them could be, but they're not called out that way. And then that's when I decided to write my book, Minding Your Time, because there is a different approach, you know, in general, if I want to do well in meetings and presentations, speeches, certain conversations, I need to prepare and I need to give myself some time to think. I need some time to think about lots of things about planning. I need some focus time. And that really just all has to get in, into the calendar. I do need some time to recharge. And so all of these things were becoming very apparent to me and not necessarily understood, you know? Like in and, and realizing that I might be working with someone that has completely different needs than me, but my needs are okay. Their needs are okay. One of the best things I ever did was, you know, just block off the first 90 minutes of my day for, to make sure that I had that time. And, you know, looking at my calendar every week, like, all right, what do I need to do? Prepare for this thing? Or is that going to drain me? You know, do I need to plug in? 15 minutes or 30 minutes after that event, you know, and just really being intentional about my preparation time, also my quiet time for very, again, part of it's recharge, but part of it's just the actual thinking and the quiet that I might need as an introvert. 
Well, and what were the results? I mean, when you're t- doing that kind of, uh, you know, time management and real, I mean, I'm just hearing this tremendous self-care truly that's going into that. What were the results? Well, the cause of it was that I was completely overwhelmed, you know, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with all that I had to do, you know, uh, too many emails, too many things that were falling through the cracks. And so really it was coming up with a really good system to get the things done that I needed to do. And of course, part of it is, and this applies to everybody, you have to really figure out what's important. You know, you have to, cause we can't do everything I've tried. Uh, <laughs> you have to, you have to figure out what's important. And so I've definitely been able to um, accomplish more by tapping into what I need as an introvert and, and the preparation and the, the time, you know, the time alone kind of thing. And, you know, the time for collaboration, all of it. Well, and then I love too at, at the other end of it, having that time that might be just a reflection time. It might be a way to integrate or assimilate whatever you learned from whatever you just went through. Yeah. And introverts are the masters of reflection, you know? Maybe after this, I'll think, oh, I think that went well. But maybe next time I'm on Stephanie's show, I'll say, <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, the, in general, like, you know, what, what went well with that presentation? You know, how could I tweak it next time? Yeah, we we we're, we are good at that, and but you got to give yourself some time to do it. Well, so that's one of the things I, I want to talk about too. That that you mentioned this this thing of taking some of these assessments. I I got onto your website and started taking some of these personality tests, and some of them I knew. You know, I'd, I'd done the Myers Briggs. Gosh, you know, thirty years ago, right. And interestingly, I was I was uh, surprised that I had gone from an ENTJ to an ENFJ. Okay, they which, could be close. <laughs> yeah, but they must have been close already. But talk a little bit about why are these scales and why are these different personality tests? Why are they so important? They're definitely tools, and uh, I'm an INTJ. If if others know the Myers Briggs it gives you some things to think about. It, it compares you to other people that have found success with a similar personality. And, you know, I like the Myers-Briggs because it, you know, introversion, extroversion is the first one. And then the next one, the N um, for intuitive or the S for sensing is kind of like the big picture person and the detailed person. You know, maybe if you are also an intuitive person, you, you can relate to, the detailed person needs something very different than you do. You know, for me, I see the big picture, but I take the details for granted. I'm going to figure them out, but I'm not worried about them in the beginning. Whereas that person that, and again, these are great skills. You got to have that detailed person, but the detailed person might be worried about the details right up front where I'm trying to set the stage for the bigger picture and let's figure out the detail or the next one thinking and feeling. Yeah. You might be really close you know, on the edge there, I'm an analytical person. It was very interesting when I was doing the Clifton strengths, uh, there was small table discussion and I'm sitting across from someone I knew pretty well. And for Gallup, one of theirs that they define is empathy. And the way they define that is that you're actually feeling the feelings of others. And she's describing that to me. And I'm like, oh, 
that's not happening for me, you know? And, you know, again, when I say that, sometimes people judge me. Oh, you don't care about people. Oh yeah, I absolutely do. They don't give you your, all your 34. They just show your top five, but I got my 34 and uh, I think empathy again, don't judge me, but it was like number 34, but it's a really good illustration. It's just a different approach. I definitely care about people. Otherwise I would not be doing the work that I'm doing, you know, in higher ed or, or helping people with their introversion. Mine's just a more logical approach. Whereas the person that's really feeling might be, they're going to think or actually have the gift of feeling other people's feelings. And I'm not going to have that gift, but I'm going to put my, I'm going to use my imagination. So, you know, if we're talking and I'm helping you with something, I might just imagine what's it like to be Stephanie? What's it like to be going through this? So I'm using my, my analytical nature, whereas someone that's more uh, intuitive or an empath will actually be feeling those. And again, I didn't choose to have my gift or not have this other gift, but they're just different. And we have to understand that. And uh, the last one's important too. And again, there's so many other things, but I like the way Myers-Briggs does it. It's, you know, judging or perceiving, and it's really a matter of being organized or being more spontaneous. And I I, I use the example with my wife because she's a fellow introvert. You know, we have a lot in common, but we're not exactly the same. So I'm an INTJ and she's an INTP. And so the, the end one is where we're different. One thing I've really learned, we're not going to change each other. If we tried to change each other, we probably wouldn't still be married, but we've been married a long time, very happy. And it's understanding that, but it, it brings um, a gift because I definitely am very organized and I'd like to think I bring some of that to her, but you know, she might disagree if she was here, (laughs) (laughs) but I also tend to get a little too organized and too worried about things. And she can definitely help, help, uh, bring some peace to me. And it's, it's, I think it's a really good combination, but with all of this, it's, you, you just have to always take it with a grain of salt. It's not perfect, but it can give you some things to think about. And, you know, like, if you were taking someone through the Clifton Strengths, it's like, okay, it says this in this paragraph. What do you really resonate with? Is this really you? Or this other thing, you know what? If it doesn't resonate, that's fine. Just look at what does and what that means for you. Because so many people want just the label, you know, am I an introvert? Am I an extrovert or an ambivert, which I don't use, but some people say that you know, which am I, you know, like I uh, need some time to think I need some downtime, but I like people. It's like, yeah, well, liking people doesn't make you an an extrovert. So it's like, whatever you, whatever your label is, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter as much as understanding what that means, understanding here's my strengths. Here's what I need. That's the important part. So the labels can help you get to that. But it's not just about getting the label, I'm an introvert, or I'm an INTJ, or INSFJ, whatever. It's what does that mean? How can this help me get use my gifts and get what I want out of life kind of thing? And I think that's so important. I think about, you know, the words engraved in, you know, at the top of the Parthenon are know thyself. Absolutely. And, yeah, and as we that. know ourselves, then we're better able to truly some empathy and compassion for our own experience in the world. We're able to understand others more clearly. And like you and your wife, you know, work together 
we can understand each other more in depth. And so it's not, we we move away, I think, from blaming or thinking I need to be different. It's like, oh, when I understand who I am, I can look at my strengths. I can look at how I interact and react with the world. And how do I, how do I want to be in this world? And I think, I mean, these are beautiful gifts and beautiful tools for us to gain some of that deeper insight. Yeah. And it's I, the question I ask is, well, what do you want? And by understanding yourself and your gifts, which I think come very natural, you know, it's not, it's not always not something that we choose, but understanding that can help you get what you want. You know, understanding my personality can help me, you know, in public speaking, like we talked about, or in my relationships and my communication um, and, and leadership, all of these things can be helped by understanding who I am and, you know, getting what I want by yeah, knowing yourself. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we're going to be talking more about your book and we're talking about some of these keys to success, such good information. So everyone, thank you so much for listening and come on back and join us again when we are going to continue Igniting the Spark with David Hall. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. We are igniting the spark here with David Hall. And we've been having a conversation about introversion. And I just find it fan, you know, fascinating because I think there still is so much misconception around introversion. And I love that you've had this burning desire to really help other introverts come out of it and not come out of being an introvert, but come out of the stigma that they themselves may have around that. One of the ways that you do that is that you have a podcast. Yeah. And it was kind of born out of myths and misconceptions. So I've been blogging about for about 10 years. I wrote my book about five years ago. And then here we are in the pandemic in, in 2020, you know, there was a lot of talk. Oh, introverts are just loving this, you know, being alone all the time. There was a lot of our working from home. And that was definitely very situational. You know, there was, I knew a lot of isolated introverts that weren't getting enough connection. You know, they weren't just happy being alone. And there was all kinds of different family situations and work, you know, people that were new to working from home. There was all different kinds of office space kinds of things. You know, I went from an office where I could close the door if I wanted to, to now being in an open office space at home with my wife, who's always worked from home. So we were in her space, you know, we are now <laughs> invading her space. My three kids were all home. Two of them were now in online school, which they did not enjoy. So we had a house full mm -hmm. and there was, you know, there was just a lot of misconceptions. So I made a plan for world introvert day. It happens every January 2nd. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I was going to launch my podcast and, and, you know, really continue to talk about the strengths and needs of introverts and, you know, bust some myths. And get some great guests on where we talk about different strategies for success. 
And that's, and that's when you launched it. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been going a couple of years now. That's awesome. That's so awesome. So what have we not covered that would be one of the myths that you want to make sure that we're addressing? Is there anything you can think of that somehow we've left unspoken? Yeah, there's lots. And I've done a couple different top 10 myths shows, so we won't awesome. go over all 20. And there's more than that. But yeah. the biggest ones I mentioned already, introversion doesn't equal shyness. You know, you, you can be shy or as an introvert or extrovert, but you can overcome it. Another one is uh, introverts don't like people. That's, you know, we've talked a little bit about that, but we do like people. It's just, we like to go deeper. So we might have deeper connections. We might have a fewer, a closer circle of friends. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we might really thrive in one-on-one settings or small group settings, although we can thrive in any setting. But a lot of it is understanding yourself, but we just might have a preference for that. Or it just might be, you know, um, I was talking to a couple and she, she told me that her husband didn't like to go dancing with her. And, you know, you, I asked him and he's like, oh yeah, I love it. But I'm done at midnight and at three in the morning, she's just getting going. And so it's not that we don't like to be social. We just might have some social, different social needs, but we definitely like people. Another one is I often hear that introverts don't have anything to say, which is actually not the case because we are always thinking. So we have a ton to say. And, you know, again, I'm a podcaster. I, uh, I started out and I did a lot of different solo episodes before I started having guests because I had a lot to say. I'd, I'd given things a lot of thought. So it's just, you know, as we were talking about, we may need to prepare for things. We may need to think first. But we, we, we definitely have a lot of good things to say because we're always thinking and, and great ideas, innovative, creative ideas are born out of that. And then another one is, you know, introverts can't be good at, you can fill in the blank, leadership, public speaking, networking. That's not true either. It's just, it's a different approach. You know, introverts can make amazing leaders. And I've had a lot of leaders that uh, teach leadership, especially for introverts on my show, it's just a different approach. As a leader, as an introvert, I can be very successful, but I'm going to succeed differently than my extroverted friend. And that is, is part of it. There's many more, but that's probably yeah, some, yeah, some of the, bi- the biggies. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I just think, again, these are, these are essential myth busters yeah. for people. <laughs> And also talk a little bit about then the tools for success. You're saying, you know, these things, we we can look at these different things in introversion and people can be amazing leaders. People can be successful. How do you help coach someone, David, to to kind of utilize what, what gifts they've been given and really find success within their introversion? A lot of it is first getting to know yourself, and that could be through an instrument. Uh, There's a lot of great books out there, too, that can help. And it's really just getting to, you know, identify those strengths. As an introvert, reflecting on them, talking with other people, you may choose to work with a coach, but it's really just identifying what those things are. And it's also also a matter of just, you know, um, 
as you would say too, learning what lights you up, you know, what gets you excited. And that's different for everybody. Figure that out. And then you got to figure out how to do that. And a lot of it is, you know, taking the time to think, giving yourself time to think, preparing in your way, accepting what you like versus what other people are telling you. And it, and that's that's a lot of it. And then the other piece that I think we're still working on as a society is really understanding these things and being able to articulate your needs to other people. You know, if we're in a conversation and I have never thought about what you're asking me before, if I've never thought about that before, I'm probably going to say, oh, give me a minute to think about that. Or I might say, uh, you know, Stephanie, give me a, I'll call you tomorrow. You know, give me a, a day to think <laughs> yeah. about that. But being able to articulate that or just, you know, insisting that we get an agenda before the meeting, because I'm going to do my best. If I thought about something, I might need to do some research. You know, if, if you're presenting a complicated idea and I've never heard of it before, and it's just cold to me, I might need some time. And, you know, definitely in the past, there's been pressure. Oh, just, you know, give, give your response, but, you know, just really holding your ground. I need some time to think about that. Now, when I say that, I also want to say sometimes I, I could make quick decisions and make decisions on the spot. So, you know, don't stereotype me and think I always need time to think, but sometimes I do. And I need to ask for that. And I need those around me to know, hey, you know, this is a good thing, you know, David's going to think about it, but he's going to come up with something good because, you know, that's, that's how he operates best. Well, and stick this, up for other people, you know, help, help them to operate their best. Well, I think what you're saying, it's so essential. And it reminds me, I do a lot of couples therapy. And one of the things we talk about in, in this therapy is oftentimes in a relationship, we say one person is the turtle and one person is the hailstorm when it comes to trying to resolve conflict. And you know, I would say the turtles are the people that are introverted as I'm even more now you know, understanding it. And they need to go back in their shell when a conflict happens so that they can think and process. And the hailstorms are the extroverted people who are like hammering on the shell of the turtle saying, come out, come out. We need to talk about this right now. And I always say, you know, there's no way this problem's going to get solved in that mode. The, the hailstorm has to learn how to back off so that the turtle can have its time thinking and then come back out and they can have a conversation. And so the importance of, I think, again, understanding your style. And so that's okay in relationship or in business, you know, in a business relationship to say, this is important. What we're talking about is important. And I'm going to go take some time to think about it. And I will get back to you at whatever time that is. So you're not just abandoning them, but you're also giving yourself that time so that you can go inward and process. So th yeah. this just gave me such a big aha, David, too. Like, oh, that makes so much sense that when you say 50% of the people are introverted, you know, if, if you have two turtles, sometimes you got to teach them how to communicate so that they can say, okay, we're not abandoning each other. We both need time and space to, to work this out. And if you have two hailstorms, I think that's probably the most dangerous combination of, of all three of these because you're not giving yourself time to think. And we all need a little pause. So I love the power of the pause, David, in this. Sometimes you don't need it if you've already thought ahead of time, you know, mm -hmm. but sometimes you need to think. And, 
Yeah, so two introverts or two turtles, they may have conflict too. I did an episode on that, on introvert to introvert relationships, and it's been mm -hmm. a popular episode because we don't often, sometimes we don't understand each other. We don't, even though I need the time to think, I may not be giving that to my colleague that's an introvert, you know, but I should be, I should be very understanding, but sometimes we don't understand someone that has a similar personality. And that's, that's really important too. Absolutely. So is part of the work that you do too, in teaching people communication skills, not only in understanding themselves, but then how to communicate it. Yeah. And, you know, definitely a huge part is, is preparation, but it's also understanding the other person. And, you know, that, that goes a long way. Yeah. I, I'm going to go back and listen to that uh, interview of yours. That sounds awesome. It was right after um, one of my favorite books on introversion is Introvert Power by Dr. Lori Helgo. And she recently did a, um, she's put out a podcast with her husband, who's an extrovert. And I loved it because it was, it was really um, them explaining you know, and then and, and part of the premise of the show was they're getting ready to celebrate their 40th anniversary. And so it was great. I had her on my show. I had both of her and her husband, Baron, on my show. And, you know, after that, someone did ask me, you know, what is the, you know, introvert, introvert relationship? And, and that's, I did it. So it was a really nice show showing the introvert extrovert relationship. But then I, I really realized it was important to also show the introvert introvert relationship. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so I fascinating. I haven't done the hailstorm hailstorm, but <laughs> that's next. <laughs> I love that. An introvert, you know, really getting insight on what, what that dynamic looks like as well. And, and for all of us, I, I think so much of what I've heard during our, our time together is just this importance of taking the time to know who you are, to, to really give yourself permission to be who you are learn to befriend those parts of you and then how you interact and communicate with the world. And, and you bringing this information out and forward is so important, David. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And your continued work. And so I can't believe we're already out of time. I feel like I say that every time it always goes so fast. <laughs> Let people know, how can they get a hold of you? How can they get a hold of your book and find out more information from you? Okay. The easiest thing to do is go to the quietandstrong.com website. It'll have information about the podcast. Uh, there's blogs. There's information about the book or different social media channels around Quiet and Strong. That's the easiest thing, quietandstrong.com. Awesome. Well, and David, if you were leaving your essential message for all people, both introverted and extroverted, what would your message be? I think it would be, you know, really get to know yourself, be your brilliant self because you have unique, everybody has unique gifts and help other people to be brilliant as well. And, you know, get to know yourself, get to know others and be strong. Such a beautiful message. David, thank you so much for being here and, and sharing your light and your spark with all of us. Thanks, Stephanie. It's been great. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Just sending out a big hug and lots of love to all of you. Just wanting to remind you that if you still want to watch uh, When Sparks Ignite, my first film is still playing on Plex Network on the More You channel. 
And that's a free network. So you can go straight to my website at stephaniejames.world. You can see a trailer. You can get a link to the show and pick up my new book, Becoming Fierce, available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or wherever you get your books. So signing off, love to you all. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe and receive every episode. For more information about this show, my books, films, and events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.